This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now... There's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. But I don't appreciate you talking about me behind my back. Kate, like you talked about me at Women's Hall, and like now you're here. It's different. What do you mean it's different? It's different. It's an entirely different landscape. What is different landscape? We're here
on the beach, yeah. making connections. We're not like at a WWE wrestling match about our season. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And we've seen something very interesting tonight. <laughs> I loved this episode. Well, I'll tell you what I loved more than the episode was a parasocial play that was made Ooh. by two players from tonight's episode and last night's episode and a player from an episode before, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who? <laughs> Ashley Iaconetti. Not technically a player, but I believe she was in the episode prior to these two. Jen Parisi and Jill Chin. <laughs> They've made a video together, you see. And it encapsulated everything that we actually want to see in the show. In one parasocial play, this video is, uh, I posted on Ashley I. Kennedy's account right now. It says, the caption is, three drama queens walk into a bar. Jill Chin walks in through the door of this bar, and it says, the loud one. Then Jen Parisi walks through the door, and it says, the anxious one. And then I. Kennedy herself walks through the awkward one. And then they all sit down at a bar, and they're drinking and crying, and it says, the ones that are always crying. And this is to the uh, Taylor Swift song. Love this. Wow. Don't blame me. This is significant for a variety of reasons. One, it's already showing you this is how you could have used Ashley Iaconetti producers. She could have been the person ushering in the next generations of tier players, the next icons in that subgenre of play, of that type of persona in your show. She should have been shepherding them into it. Instead, yes. we got what we got. Bad jokes about uh, creamy Caesar and, and married people don't have sex anymore. This is how you use her. And she showed you how to do it instantaneously in a fucking 10 second video. She invalidated the entire way that you used her, in my opinion. Super significant. I love this. I feel like she is anointing them into the tier play hall of fame with this one post. It is elevated. Ashley, I seems like a fucking legend that played on the field. Now she's She's won, you know, the the deepest desire of staying in the nation. And it does feel like there's something about the uh, the older players joining with the new generation as if it's like giving respect to the new seasons, even though they don't have those ratings. Yeah. Yes. 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 It is saying I still watch because I fucking founded this game. Some part of our game is built on totally. the back of Ashley A. Kennedy, what she was able to do in season 19, yeah. all the way through her paradises and so on and so forth. And so this is this is what needs to be done. And she's doing it for you, producers. I don't know whose idea this initial piece of parasocial play was. It's fucking genius level, whoever it was. Maybe it was all three together. I'm not sure. But it's exactly what you're saying. It's saying the game still fucking matters. They're playing like I played. I recognize that. And this is what it is. We're friends and we're going to still keep doing the plays. We don't need Paradise to do the plays anymore. And it's relatable. It's talking yeah. about being awkward and also anxiety. Everyone has anxiety now. It's uh God, it's beautiful. It's it's a powerful, yes. it's a short but powerful parasocial play. But I don't see anything beating this, honestly. Good luck to anybody coming up against this motherfucker, because you ain't gonna have a chance. You know what? I think there's a couple people who could probably do something more groundbreaking if they were. 
to step into the field. Of course, this is a whole new subgenre of parasocial play. It also, by the way, keeps Ashley I. Kennedy super fucking relevant. Maybe she's yes. off the show, but she ain't off the show because we're all watching this and talking about it. She, we, I mean, okay, this has 20K likes, 397,000 views. That is better than all of the shows that you always list during the ratings part. <laughs> It's better than the CW. But I mean, it's just a brilliant fucking thing. And I really hope it breaks open that subgenre of parasocial play now, where older players can kind of pass the torch to newer players, set up these lineages of play style. Let that become a thing in the parasocial arena at the very least. I, I love it. I just absolutely love it. It is like a new layer of the fandom of this in some way to me. I haven't really seen anything like this. We've seen like, yes, you will appear in pictures with each other or something, but they made a fucking legit video together that is fun and funny and it shows how they're fun and funny together. And it's like, I want to see that fucking TV show immediately. Thank you to Jill Chin, Ashley Ayakinetti, and Jim Parisi. They've all given so much to our game as we will get into. But before we get into any of that... We have a very important piece of business. We have new sweatshirts. This is the Pit Collection. They come in four different colors, each representing a different play style. You're already a champion in the minor leagues. Now show everybody what you can do in the big leagues in pageant queen pink. Or let everyone... You know, wonder whether or not you're even going to keep this shirt on in free spirit light blue. Or show everybody you know that you're all business in professional Navy. Or perhaps <laughs> you've come here for the wrong reasons. Show off your dark side in villain black. Go to gameofroses.co <laughs> to pick one of these up to peacock around. You know, it dropped below 70 degrees in Los Angeles, so I've already got my uh, free spirit light blue on myself. Winter winter is already here, and I, of course, have my villain black just, <laughs> just on the chair over there. Just on the chair over there. <laughs> we hope that you enjoy that. And, uh, you know, again... Just as a, an opening, I thought it was very important, obviously, to talk about that video made by Iaconetti, Parisi, and Chin. And um, you should definitely check it out. You should definitely give it a like. And also, I, I'm sure I'll reiterate this, but Jill Chin, I believe, is a player who deserves a much bigger parasocial following, uh, yes. especially after seeing this video and after seeing what she did in the game, which we're about to recap for you. Uh, it's a travesty that she does not have bigger numbers, in my opinion. Please follow her. What is she at? She's at 31.2 right now. By the way, <laughs> Clues before we got on this podcast was like, I'm always doing the podcast, even when we're not talking to each other. It's always going. <laughs> it is. That's my scream for you this week. <laughs> hey, once the switch gets thrown, it doesn't usually ever get turned off. So let's... Do what we came here to do, Pace Case. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. 
We got two episodes, as we always have now, every week, forever, <laughs> for the rest of our lives. In episode eight of our beloved game, BIP season eight, we see the promo. The split continues. Men are hot garbage. Things get messy. Anything's possible. There's making out. There's a Logan love triangle. Hexagons. Geometry Beach. Alex is every girl's dream. Victoria's cheating on Johnny. But first... Lace is desperate to find love. She was head over heels for Rodney, but Eliza's arrival changed everything. Lace crashes paradise. Rodney has moved on. His love triangle is about to blow up. Will Lace win him back? Or is she going to burn down paradise? Kate Gallivan's stomach falls into her vagina, she says. And it all starts right now in paradise. That's what we're coming in with. We are back on Lace crashing the end of Rodney's Wadawan date, this perfectly timed uh, encounter. And Lace is like, did you have a good date? And Rodney says, I did. And Lace says, it basically made me realize how much I do like you. I came to get on the same page. It's you or no one. All eggs, one basket. And we get this ITM from Brandon Jones. She's going to turn into Lacifer. Don't give her a match. She's going to light this boy up. And they keep implying that Lace is going to do arson Mm -hmm. throughout this whole segment. There are... I have notes all over this one that is like, producer script here. The producers are giving a villain edit here, further solidifying the idea that Rodney is justified in his jump to Eliza. So -hmm. they're essentially saying Lace is a crazy person who's going to do all this damage and burn things down. But... Lacifer, in my opinion, is a complete script. 100%. Lacifer? I don't know. Lacifer, uh, Sinead all of these names, I believe, are coined by producers and then given to various players that they want to give colorful narrator uh, opportunities in the ITMs. And I'll describe women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like it's 99% of the time it's Hurricane, Claire, Tornado, Jessica, whatever. Uh, I don't remember Tornado Jessica. (laughs) Tornado Jessica has definitely been a person. They just, they love it. It's it's a fun way to describe women experiencing emotions. Well, they don't really get what they ask for. Lacifer never really shows up. She has this conversation with Rodney where he basically explains that he's been talking to Eliza and that's going better and uh, he wants to pursue it. He doesn't want to waste Lace time anymore and she bursts into tears and he maintains that he never could have seen any of this coming and she essentially self-eliminates in this. She says, I, I'm going to go home then. Breaks down in tears. Rodney gives her some more apologies and um, she continues to sob as she says she wants to get out of here and go home. As she's walking away from Rodney, Olio comes to STCO her and he gets an ITM, says that she's an amazing person and so deserving of love. And we get hit over the head again and again with who is deserving of love. Uh, I got sent a DM from somebody that said we should start keeping it as a stat. My apologies. I don't remember the exact name. The doll. Yeah. Deserving of love. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like they say that a lot. And it's a way of saying that another player is for, for TRR or at least more for TRR than another player. You know what would be an interesting how to keep that stat? You basically keep the stat on the whole of how many times is a player's relationship mentioned by another player. And then is that mention, does it have the word deserving or they're good people in it? If it does, if it's positive, then it's like a percentage. If it's negative, it goes the other way. That would be pretty interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I'm proud of Lace for not taking the bait here. Mm -hmm. And we saw a lot of players actually do that who were 
seemingly being coached into villainous positions. Yeah. Uh, to kind of make fun of them exploding and people were not taking the bait in either episode. I do wish she had gone out, of course, in an IFI. Ever since I've seen Casey's IFI, I'm like, that's the way to go. It offers you immediate sympathy. It's a huge dramatic thing that's definitely going to get you that screen time. And then you don't got to explain shit to no one. You're just out. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to have another conversation if you don't want. Someone will pack your bags for you. (laughs) This is like, just pretend to be unconscious, you know, the whole fucking time. You just lay there with your eyes closed and like fake some shallow breathing. Let them figure it out. You don't have to say anything, you know. Let them figure it out. Yeah. For real. It's like, oh, fuck, they're asleep. We got to get them to the hospital like right now. Yeah, they got to rush your ass out of there. Just study exactly what Tierra did and just do it. And be like, no, but I need one last chat in the ambulance with Michael Alio. And you demand whichever STCO you want. (laughs) As for Michael Alio? (laughs) I'm going to do that if I'm ever in any ambulance. (laughs) She's asking for Alio. It's getting grim. As they're taking me away, I'll just be like, bring Alio. (laughs) See if it works. (laughs) I do hope he makes a a good recovery i do feel horrible about that but yeah i recommend fake fake ifis but uh the only other thing i have to say about this segment is make lace the bachelorette you cowards it would be so good it would be so good (laughs) we can always dream about it in an infinite universe that exists or jilchin or jilchin yeah well, we'll get to Jill Chin. She had some very interesting plays second game. But portion two of game one begins. Eliza and Rodney reconvene. He tells her he feels bad, but he didn't want to lie to Lace. It's not an easy situation, but he did it. Uh, and his heart is now with Eliza. Eliza ITMs that Rodney's conversation with Lace uh, must have been hard. And it is reassuring that he's a good man because he feels so affected by it. And she thinks that if they can get through certain things, it's going to be a good tell of things will work out in real life. Now she hopes they can just relax and pursue the relationship, to which I wrote lol, because obviously producers will not allow that to happen. They hug. (laughs) Clancy, Brandon, and Johnny then are at the bar with Wells in a forced guy chat. That's how I make notes to myself when I'm like, this is such bullshit. Forced guy chat. Yeah. So Clancy, Brandon, and Johnny are in this forced guy chat with Wells, and Wells is asking him if absence is making their hearts grow fonder for Parisi, Russell, and Fuller. They all say yes. Clancy ITMs that when Lace was there, she gave them the info that there are other guys where the women are, so that's not good. And we get this little thing here that, God, Lace is just such a good player. Like, she didn't have to say anything about that. You know what I mean? And she dropped it in. Oh, yeah. Dropped it in. And she was negotiating. She was like, well... Tell me what's going on with him. Yes. Information. Trading information, just like being in prison. You have to do it when you're in our beloved game. Brandon then gets an ITM. Uh, Fear about their partners maybe making connections with the other guys. We go to the hotel and we see Serene talking to Tabletop, but she ITMs that she's all in on Brandon and feels no spark with any of them. She thinks they're nice and they deserve love. Of course, very deserving. I think that would even go on the metric. Even if it's a you deserve love, but you're not in a relationship. I think that still counts for your positive. She just wants to get ABC or wants to get back to the beach. She misses Brandon so much back on the beach. Brandon expresses his concern about getting fucked over by producers again to Rodney. 
And we get some clips of him and Michelle's season of Bachelorette as he ITMs being devastated by losing someone he was so in love with back in that season. This was, of course, uh, Michelle Young. It feels like it's happening all over again. And he's worried, am I going to be the next lace? And we see Rodney talk with him. And Rodney's like, you and Serena are tough enough to get through it. And Brandon's like, I'm losing my shit. I want to quit. Rodney's like, in real life, you have problems. Brandon's like, I don't want to fall in love. Oh, my God. He's so good. He's unreal. And he ITMs, I'm in love with her. Loads love level four. And he says, if I'm acting like this, then I'm in love with her. The perfect paradise player. <laughs> He's unreal. He's unreal. This puppy dog strategy is just like, it's unfucking real. I've never seen anything in terms of like such a pure ability to play it. I think Dylan Barber. Dylan Barber 2.0. Comes close. This is better. He's a better puppy dog player. I mean, I'm sure Dylan does cry when he sees Hannah Godwin in a dress, but I haven't seen the footage. <laughs> no. And... I'm telling you, he's not as pure as this. I don't know how to describe it. There's something like Dylan Barber's was like a little forced. You could tell at times he wanted to be aggressive when I forget who else was like eyeing Hannah Godwin for a minute. Baylock Eye? Was it Baylock Eye? Maybe I forget what that love triangle was. There were several. But yeah, there was another guy specifically or maybe two other ones that he had to weather those storms. But he was thinking about like you know, trying to step to the guy a couple of times. I remember that he felt some hostility. I don't think Brandon would ever feel that. I think Brandon would only play the like, I'm just hurt and I miss her and I want my girl back. He's so fucking good at it. But he does give this one line where he's telling Rodney, like, if this doesn't work out, I'm out of here. And Rodney says, stay with us, stick this out because we're all we've got. He says that to him. And I just wrote, this is the most hostage vibes I've seen yet in paradise. Stay with us. Yeah. He's like, come on, dude. That's what they're going to be saying to me in the ambulance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yo. Okay. Portion three begins. It's daytime. We get some shots of Rodney and Eliza. Spencer talks about the ingredients of a juice. And then Olio and Maltby have a brief conversation about paradise being better than the main game for forming relationships that are sustainable in the real world. Olio then ITMs how crazy last night was when the guys found out there were the new guys with the new women at the villa. And he says certain relationships are getting tested. Then he breaks down the statuses of the various relationships. Rapini went from Jill to Kate. Logan is in a love triangle with Shanae and Sarah. And he himself is happy that Maltby was gifted to him by producers and they did not have to indulge in the split. Back at the hotel, the women are forced into a girl chat that opens with Jill Chin saying she hates this so much. She's all exiting Rapini here. And Serene and Parisi also don't like any of the new guys. Chin ITMs. She's reading from a journal. <laughs> and she ITMs. The men here are hot garbage. She is. I don't know if she's pretending or if this is actually what she wrote in her journal. But it's like she's reading it out of a journal. The men here are hot garbage. No, she's just a good writer. She's just like. I mean, but also performer. It's so fucking funny. And she goes, none of these dudes are funny at all. She has nothing to give these men. Literally, get my ass, my ass back to Playa Escondido with the crabs. She says she wants to swing around and goof with Jacob. That was a fucking poem she's written. And she is performing it beautifully. This is incredible fucking work here. Jill Chin is a fucking expert player by every right. There's Everybody else is sitting around saying, oh, I just missed my guy. I missed my guy. I missed my guy. She's written a hilarious poem. She delivers it perfectly. Uh... <laughs> It's just fantastic to watch what she was able to do with almost nothing in this. She truly is, I think, um, 
the legacy of an Aya Kinetti. And, and we mm-hmm. see that obviously in the parasocial play. At the end of this, she says, she screams, call the police. I feel bad for these men. I have nothing to give them. Literally zero. And then she puts her pointer finger to thumb on both her hands and she lifts them up to her eyes and she gives zero eyes. And this was my... Face play of the game. Jill is always up there in the top face players. And this for me, I laughed. I laughed out loud so hard at the zero eyes gesture face play. Yeah, she's really incredible. This was not my face play, but it might be my face player. There may be another play coming up. She was just doing everything. Like, in my opinion, in these two episodes, they were on her back. The whole fucking both of them. Interesting. Yeah. We shall debate. We shall, but they notice that Lucifer is gone. Where is she? (laughs) Where could she have gone? DLP enters (gasps) to clear up any of their confusions. They immediately start screaming, all the players and chanting, no, 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 no. And he has to literally (laughs) say, I come in peace. This is the host of the tv show that these people are on that's supposed to be a show about helping them find love that's how the host is greeted by the people on the show i come in peace he's an innocent (laughs) okay by the way me saying that he is an innocent and non-evil dark lord is probably the thing i get a lot of one of the most messages about (laughs) i don't know why it's a controversial opinion. Look, I, I view it as like pro wrestling, just like Kate Gallivan said. This is the WWE. And he's like a Vince McMahon character to me. To quote Kate Gallivan, <laughs> Bachelor's just like WWE. I'm so I'm so amazed she pioneered that phrase. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. But after they chant their screams of no, 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 and he says, I come in peace, he sits down and says he just wants to check in with him. Chin tells him that she hates it there and she is not open to a relationship with any new guys. There's no mincing of words here. This is, fuck this place, get me out of here. Parisi doesn't want to go on dates. Serene is ready to get back to the beach. They all essentially say they don't want to be there and are being held against their will, as I've written here in my notes, and thinking constantly about what might be happening with their men back on the beach. DLP says, breaking your relationship momentum wasn't easy, but he has to tell them something else. Late last night, ladies went back to the beach to find Rodney. But in the end, Rodney formed a stronger connection with somebody else. Rodney broke up with Lace, so she left Paradise forever. Forever. I don't know what they know about Lace. I don't know if she told them to go fuck themselves and cut her out of all future contracts, but forever is a long fucking time. She could still come back, I think. He, he's not the first Dark Lord to say forever when they don't mean it. I know. You know, the buttons that would say, oh, is is Torpedo Jessica going to lose her shot with a doctor forever? The uh, <laughs> time doesn't affect Dark Lords the same. To them, eternity is just a blink of an eye. But this reaction that Jilchin gives to the news that Lucifer has been eliminated by her own self was my face play of the game. She sits forward. She's sitting on a couch of other players, all of whom now have the opportunity to react to the shocking news. She destroys them. The other ones are doing some decent face play, some mm-hmm. pretty big eyed shock, whatever. She leans her entire body forward, opens her mouth to the widest aperture 
eyes to the <laughs> widest aperture and conveys a look of not <laughs> only shock, aperture. but also terror. It was beautiful to see. Uh, you rarely see things like this. And Jill Chin really, I think, has elevated face play in this season with her level of consistency. We've seen a lot of prior face players give one or two gigantic face plays in the season and some other pretty good ones. Jill Chin is just like, every face play is incredible. I look forward to her podcast, The Widest Aperture. I believe she is the Michael Jordan of face play. Oh, my God. Uh, maybe that's McKenna Dorn. Strong words. But McKenna... Maybe it's McKenna Dorn. Be oh, my God. The podcast is going. I'm sorry. I, I don't call the minutiae alarm because this is important. Mm -hmm. McKenna Dorn's face play was something we are not likely to see again. It was extreme. She was doing things that made you question whether or not it was an act or really what the fuck was going on. All the tongue around the teeth play that she used to do. You don't see anything like that. I don't know that we ever will. It was such a unique style of face play. I predict now we will see a stronger tongue player. Okay. Someone licking their entire face. Whoa. <laughs> that would be a face play of the game every fucking time. But anyway, I'll call the minutial arm myself now. We'll move on. But thank you for that indulgence, everyone. We then get this conversation between Dark Lord Palmer and the OG female players. You guys have interest in Tyler... Alex and Adam, the Australian, right? We like him. Is there any interest in Rick at all? Oh, God. Roasted. Nope. None for Olu either. <sighs> and Dark Lord Palmer says it's not fair to them to waste their time. Let's let them know their time in paradise is over. It's been really difficult. Try to enjoy the rest of your time here. That man, Rick Leach fucking sat in a goddamn table for the entirety of night one. This motherfucker was crouched down on his knees or maybe sitting on his butt. I don't know what, but he was sitting inside of a fucking table with his head sticking through it under a silver dome for the entirety of night one. That's a 16-hour shoot or some shit. Uh -huh. They didn't let him out of that fucking cage the whole night. Then they bring him onto fucking paradise. And they're like, okay, we're going to do this to you now? Just fucking... I can't. It's unreal what they have done to this guy. When they bring oh, people God. to paradise and don't let them touch sand, it's not. It's This was literally, presumably, just to humiliate Tabletop and Olu. Yes. And that's why this was my wowie moment of the week. Look, this is this is Kaza Amor split week. But in this way, they have done something... It's actually kind of F-Boy Island-esque where mm. they they ask the three women like, oh, who, which of the male players do you want to eliminate? And then they get rid of like the people who aren't stepping it up. Mm -hmm. This they don't do to the female players on the beach because it would be humiliating, but we are going to do it to these two. And I just, I was like, I was like, wowee, you know? I agree with you. It was uh, extremely cruel and strange. And Serene says, he gave us anxiety and that's it. Uh, Jill Chin says, I didn't want it to be tested like this. They really like are just leaving so many lines in that are just... Yeah. 4TWR. Oh, Serene says, have a mixer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's her solution. 
How about instead of split week at the estates, we just had a mixer instead? Yeah, the exact opposite. How about no anxiety? And they're like, no, 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 that's not what the show is. But the women all feel bad for Rick and they're excited to get back to the beach. Uh, but everything could cha- have changed for everyone. Tyler, Alex, and Adam all agree tomorrow isn't guaranteed. Victoria Fuller says she's vibing with Alex and she feels like she needs to take a step back to think who she can actually see outside of it. She's stressed because she hasn't wanted to talk to Alex at all because she's attracted to him. So we're setting up this subplot that maybe Johnny is going to have somebody moving in on Victoria Fuller and Victoria Fuller ITMs that she likes Johnny, but she doesn't want to be closed off to giving Alex the conversation. But then says this line, she does feel like she's cheating on him. And this causes her to do some tear play. Portion four begins. Give us a Victoria Fuller bachelorette season, you cowards. I mean, yeah. You know what I'm really sad we never got to see now is a Madison Pruitt bachelorette season. <laughs> she was so good this, this episode. I can't get over it. Congratulations to Madison Pruitt, by the way. She's about to be married in four days, I believe. Is that number getting smaller by faster than the days? <laughs> <laughs> it's getting smaller by the day. Is it going faster than the rate of time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're married. They just got married. Portion four begins. It's the daytime. We are at the estates. Jill Chin says she's legitimately depressed here in this location. Serene says she wants to go home. Shanae is good. Uh, she ITMs that she doesn't understand why everybody else is moping around. She's there to go on dates, as are they all. She's embracing the love triangle. We get this girl chat with Victoria Fuller and Shanae. Victoria Fuller tells her that she talks to Logan and he's all in on Shanae. Shanae agrees she doesn't see him with another girl and will, I believe she says, cut his dick off if he's dating someone else. That's what I got. We've got a lot of castration threats. Yeah, blowing dicks off and cutting them Mm -hmm. off. And a green parrot squawks to represent this castration. And we see back at the beach, we see Aaron Clancy talking to Sarah Hamrick. You look very paradise right now. She says, thank you. It's giving paradise. And we flash back to the Logan and Sarah date. And then we see Johnny and Logan discussing it. He, Logan thinks Sarah is cool, bro. Very opposite of Shanae. <laughs> <laughs> but then he says that Kate is ready to walk through fire to make this work. And then we see this scene via flashback, which suggests to me that they are continuing this villain edit for Kate. They're not giving it the respect of like a developing thing like... Uh, yeah. Rodney and Eliza and Kate says I kind of could feel something here what do we do about you about this Sarah really likes you and Logan's like and Jacob's one of my good friends and Kate says and Shanae this couldn't be more tangled and Logan ITMs I came here to feel something groundbreaking I feel it for Kate can't not act on it and he tells Johnny he's gonna go get with Kate Johnny ITMs, why not? Dude, the stud paradise about to explode love triangles, hexagons, geometry beach play And then they do this sports play on top of a bunch of algebra problems. I felt like it was more like um, the beautiful mind. Like there's formulas and shit flying at the screen. Yeah. It's this graphic of like a chalkboard with a bunch of mathematical formulas coming out of it. Oh, you think it was supposed to be that meme? And then they, they superimpose over the flying chalkboard shit, the cartoon faces of all the characters involved in this love quadrangle or whatever they were calling it and uh, we see it's Kate, Sarah and Shanae and Jacob Rapini is also involved in this. Rapini! We think it's one on time with Kate and Logan. He tells her he is sure he wants her. She's happy. 
They are on the same page about whatever's uh, going to come as a result of this decision. Kate ITMs that she has enough chemistry to make out with Rapini, but feels different with Logan. There's actually something there. Jacob is unaware and she needs to talk to him about this. So Rapini comes and sits down with Logan and Kate. He kisses her right in front of <laughs> Logan, which is hilarious. Logan's just getting uh, wrecked here. And um, he just sits down like nothing's wrong. And he ITMs that Kate's special and he can see himself with her long term. So he wants to break up with Jill now for Kate. Logan excuses himself from the situation, allowing uh, Kate to have the time to have this conversation. And then before she can have the conversation, Olio comes in with a date card. Kate, follow your heart. Rapini thinks he's going to be asked on the date. And before she asks anybody, she pulls Rapini for that conversation. This is a good play here. It's a very 4TRR play. It's a clean cut before you're taking anybody else on a date. And the other players speculate about why she pulled him. They don't think it looks good. She ITM's feeling a wide array of emotions. And, um, you know, she could have taken him on the date and executed him or whatever. I just feel like this was the right play for her to do. And... uh there we get a casting card ultimately in between the thing here. It's hard to start your own love triangle, quadrangle, or rhombus, they say, apply to be on the next season of The Bachelor. We see this conversation between Kate and Jacob. Kate's like, I think you're great. Love your energy, but I'm feeling a stronger connection with someone else. That someone else is Logan. I her, she is very good at these like colorful narrator playing yeah. with words type thing. And Jacob's like, do your thing. And he ITMs, I have so much for, love for Logan that I get it. So for TRR. And they return to the group. She asks Logan on the date. And, oh, Daniel Malpe did a great face play here. Not my face play of the game, but runner up. In her ITM? It was, no, when Kate asked Logan on the date, you just see this, it's a group shot. And then they zoom in on Danielle Malpe going like, her aperture was at a thousand or whatever. <laughs> she also called him sweet baby Jacob in an ITM, which I thought was pretty funny. We then see, oh, this moment was heartbreaking. Sarah was like, I'm going to smile and take it. Can you just put your hand on me to Eliza? Mm, mm, mm. And then Logan, he's accepted the date and he then pulls Sarah and goes, sorry, things happened in that order. Uh, can I take your hand? Our date was amazing. Kate pulled me for convo. It's an unexplored connection. And she leaves and she produces tears. Sarah says she's going to walk away from that situation. And she says, lessons learned and bridges burned in her ITM. Don't, you don't get to walk over me, all over me, because karma is real. Karma is a cat. Karma is my boyfriend. Karma is a god. Karma is the breeze in my hair on the weekend. Karma's a relaxing thought. <laughs> Taylor Swift? Yes. I just guessed. Oh my gosh. Clues in our live tonight asked, what's Midnight's? I now know. I knew what it was before that. I just thought it was in reference to something else. I'm the one who doesn't get references. You don't even know what Midnight's <laughs> is. Anyway, that's uh, on to portion six. <laughs> <laughs> it's daytime. We see some ducks in the pool. We're back at the estates. Parisi and Shanae cheers to being there for the right reasons. They're getting drunk together. We get them as this uh, dynamic duo in an ITM. They say they might go home together as a plot twist. They discuss hating each other originally, but now they love each other. Then they hug and Parisi begs the producer on camera to air this. She literally <laughs> says, you better air this at the producer sitting right next to the fucking camera. This is a straight demand to a producer to put it in the show, and it fucking works. 
Parisi is doing some shit this season that is very interesting in terms of breaking that fourth wall and they're putting it into the fucking show. She said a couple of times, I can't believe they're doing this. She's talking pretty openly about producers or even in this case, two one and they put it in the fucking document. It's pretty interesting. This burying of the hatchet to transform from a rivalry into a dynamic duo by Genevieve and Shanae was my joint play, 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 play of the game. I did not like the episode last night as much as the one that aired tonight. But this moment from that episode was my favorite moment. When we see them bonding, we see Shanae waddling to get a drink and Genevieve collapses on the floor. You're like, oh my God, they're actually having real fun and enjoying themselves. Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. When you see this fucking video that we talked about at the top, this the parasocial play, the Iconetti chin parisi combo, uh, they're they're fucking having fun with each yes. other. That's what is gone from the show. The producers are only concerned about completely protecting players like Ollie or Grocery Store Joe, which means we don't get to see them have fun either because it's all just served up on a fucking platter for them. I think that's part of the problem, by the way. I think having fun is like too risky because every single word and phrase that you say is going to be dissected to the nth degree yeah. by the fourth audience. And it's like, it's like you... People get jumped on when, you know, there's there's more of a risk to to riff, I think. And mm-hmm. that's just an observation by me. Uh, but I just loved this this play, especially the waddle and the, the spanking. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All of it was fantastic. You really feel like these are good friends having, as you said, real fun, which is, that's mm-hmm. hard to come by in our beloved game these days. Then we see Galavan getting ready for her date with Logan. She ITMs that the best case scenario is hitting it off, and she's definitely attracted to him. Then she gets some jokes here. Is the Pope Catholic? Does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? Does a one-legged duck swim in a circle? These jokes didn't work for me, but they're trying to give it to her at the very least. Mm-hmm. Then on the beach, Sarah and Maltby are talking. She says it's not like she's married to him, but it stings. It's your friend, and she deserves more than that. Maltby ITMs how hard it is to see her friends lose hope and love. She wants her to find something special, and she deserves something special, so we get a deserve here. She doesn't think Logan knows what he's doing. Logan then shows up to take Kate off on their date. Sarah ITMs that she felt lied to and deceived, and people who lie and deceive are always going to be that way. She says she wants to continue hanging out with her peenie because that's her best option here. We cut to her peenie doing some uh, intense breathing exercises on a daybed. He ITMs that no one wants to be rejected, but he knows it was for the better. That's why he does meditation every single day to calm himself. We see some more breathing exercises as the ITMs having mastered breathing. He thinks everything happens for a reason. He hopes and prays that someone will come to the beach or one of these lovely ladies already there will find him. Sarah then tells Spencer and Brandon that she hopes there's something in the pipeline for her. And then uh, he Rapini comes over and tells everybody that he got a much needed second meditation of the day. That's how stressful it was. And Andrew ITMs that maybe they'll talk to each other. Rapini then tries to find common ground with Sarah over their mutual dump. We 
come to portion seven. We have Logan and Kate going on their one-on-one. They engage in chemistry play in a massage room. Uh, Logan says, I like how you asked me on the date has turned into you working a shift. <laughs> and they joke about crypto. And Logan ITMs, I feel like I've known Kate a while, but I haven't. It's the biggest flame I have felt. I think it could end with some sort of commitment. The closure of any other doors. I like that that is the end commitment for Logan. Uh, The end of paradise, I might all eggs one basket. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, We then cut to Genevieve and Shanae, and they pray pray to baby Jesus for a thunderstorm. Um, Victoria Fuller says, older Jesus doesn't care. He's tired. He's 33. He's done with this. And I was like, I am learning that I am Jesus' age when he died from Victoria Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> that is the deepest pit shit there is. <laughs> I guess, uh, what have I done? <laughs> Really a reflective moment for me. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh. <laughs> we got to Logan and Kate and they cheers to her shooting her shot. It was a it was a great shot. And Logan says he's looking to be with someone who goes on a date with someone and then dates that person. And Kate says, I like I'm not looking over my shoulder. Um that she's basically all eggs in him. She says, I'm buckled in, ready to take a, ro- a rocket ship. She's always adding that colorful narration. And he says he's in too. We get a kiss. And this whole final moment of this conversation, the score that comes in is a hero a hero score. It's like what they play under Olio and shit and like when something triumphant is happening. It seems like they might be leaning them toward a protected <laughs> couple here. I don't know. We'll see about that. Yeah, we will see about it. I mean, we had some shit in the promos that kind of give a little bit of it away, but she ultimately ITMs how crazy it is to think this could work outside of here. She can't see it slowing down now that they have this much momentum. It's clear to him that he wants to give himself to her moving forward. Such a deep connection for something so fresh. There's a kiss and no wishy-washy or shoulder shrugging with one another. He can be at peace and be with Kate, he says. Potential is through the roof. There's no retelling where it could end up. We see some more kissing. Then um, I'm just watching this and thinking to myself, did they know each other before this? It seems like they all exed and like 100% went in on this shit immediately. Interesting. I mean, I think Kate is a student of this game. I wouldn't be surprised. After the WWE comment. What else can you say? I wouldn't be surprised either. Just no other things about her, her play style. Just she feels yeah. very prepared. Mm. I don't know if it's going that well. I think she's getting a villain at it, but interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Portion eight then begins. We see three seagulls screeching over the waves, and then we see Olio, Brandon, and Johnny forced into a guy chat. Initial. <laughs> okay, sustained. Or what is it? Yeah, sustained. <laughs> <laughs> and then Olio says it must Sorry. be tough. <laughs> To have their uh, partners <laughs> taken away from them. Brandon, puppy dogs here. Uh, he cannot stop thinking about Serene and Johnny. I love that fear about uh, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> it's unreal. Anytime this guy's fucking, they put a camera on him. It's just like, where's Serene? Where's Serene? I can't be whole without Serene. 
Johnny ITM's then uh, fear about Victoria making other connections with someone else. He feels confident with her, though. He's set on her. And he tells the other guys that he's not budging from Victoria Fuller. Affection is hard for him, but it's real. He ITM's confidence, but uncertainty because things can change. Then back at the estates, we see that one-on-one time with Alex and Victoria Fuller. She says the more she's outside of the beach bubble, the easier it is to talk to other people. He says she seemed aloof when he got there but thanks him for being patient. And she says she does want to hang out with him. So she's obviously doing an open options here. She ITMs that he seems great in the uh, little time they've had together. And he's hot, the kind of guy she'd date normally. Please be reminded, this woman traveled to Arlington, Iowa to engage in a brief romantic relationship with one Chris Souls. (laughs) Are you saying he's not like Chris Souls? I'm saying that, you know, she's like, you're, this is my type. The type that I date normally is like you. Her type is the bachelor. Yeah, but I don't think Chris Souls and Alex, I forget his last name, are the same type. Do you? Maybe not. (laughs) It just was funny to me as all. And I don't want to issue any spoilers, but there's information about Victoria Fuller's. They're both professional. Whatever. They keep talking. She brings up uh, that Alex scratched her head without saying anything as being the icebreaker she needed, a silent scalp massage. This head scratch heard around the world that got its own flashback. I loved this. And Victoria says, it's perfect what you did. Physical touch is my love language. The way that Victoria Fuller is is navigating this, I I just, I loved watching it. It reminded yes. me of the golden age of Popeye season. Yes. She is so good. This head scratch, by the way, was almost my play of the game. Ooh. This is, you never know what little thing some other player might land a big piece of their strategy on. Just be doing Mm -hmm. as many little connective things as you can with second audience, first audience. Try all five of the love languages. (laughs) Physical touch. Try them all simultaneously. But... (laughs) In your limo exit. Yeah. (laughs) That's actually a great limo exit. I don't know what your love language is. So I thought I'd do all five and you tell me which one works the best. And then you give them like a compliment, a gift, a neck massage, a whatever. Victoria ITMs that she hates she feels this way, but she's a little open to Alex now. And she ITMs Johnny is 25. Alex is 33. We're more on the same trajectory of life. Makes more sense outside of this. And we cut back and forth between Alex saying, I'd love to spend more time with you with Alio reassuring Johnny. I don't think you have anything to worry about. And Brandon going, what's the absolute worst that could happen? Highly, highly doubt it. And this is like, this is the stuff. This Victoria Fuller storyline is why I loved this, uh, this second episode. But we get a date card and it is for Victoria Fuller. And Alex lifts Victoria Fuller in the air and carries her across the room. And she squeals, I love this. I loved this lift. It wasn't my play of the game, but it was a strong play. Well, it's definitely setting up this dichotomy between Johnny, the younger, unready, like heart before head type guy and the like I'm a real man Superman guy mm. you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm Superman <laughs> it's a Superman guy but then we begin portion nine it's nice <coughs> we're it's the night we're back at the estates the group talks about Victoria and Alex and how they're going to connect 
Brittany ITMs that she hopes they do connect, they all agree that Alex is a man. This is the Superman chat. <laughs> well, it basically is. I mean, that's like what they're setting up. These are the the opposed qualities. And then Brittany ITMs that it's important for Victoria to find something great over something good. On the one-on-one, uh, we see Victoria Fuller and Alex cheers to the first date. He ITMs how important it is for him to tell her how he feels. He knows she has another connection at the beach that she's not going to give up. And he tells her how elated he is to be in her company. She tells him she has some things on her mind and he's great. She wants to explore things with him, but she hasn't been super open to talking to anyone. And he asks why that is. Great wall play. Fantastic wall play. And then he chips away at it, gives him something to do. And he says, why Why do you do that? And she says, uh, she was super open when she came in. She was super open when she came in. And when she got to the beach, she didn't expect to find somebody, but then she did which made her shut off to everybody else. She's a loyal person, a one guy girl. And she tells him he reminds her of some of her exes. He says he gets it. And he looks like everyone's douchebag ex-boyfriend, he says. <laughs> and he makes a joke about being a mime and not being able to approach her because she was like in a glass case. And he asked her why she wanted to give him a chance. And she said it was the head rub. <laughs> the head rub is what got him this one-on-one. It's what got him the screen time. It's what involved him into a love triangle. He broke in. Of all the players who came, I mean, Tyler's doing a good job too, but of all the guy players who came, this, I mean, I don't feel like any of them really actually had a shot except Tyler. And then he does a one fucking head rub and now he's on a one-on-one and now he's going to be in the main show for probably the next two or three episodes. Great fucking play. Almost my play of the game. Uh, Alex says, I felt you needed to be comforted. I'm going to make her take down those walls. Calls out the walls directly. And we cut back to this conversation between uh, Johnny and Brandon. Johnny says, I haven't felt like anyone about this in my life. I'm leaning towards falling in love. A loaded love level two for Victoria Fuller from Johnny. And then we, he, he says, she told me not to explore. It's going to be weird if she does. And we cut back to Victoria Fuller saying, I'm excited about you. Alex being like, you said you want five kids. Victoria saying, my body yearns for it. <laughs> and he says his parents gave up everything for family. Love this ovary play by Victoria Fuller. Yes. And he says he's not here chasing roses. Do you think this could work? And talks about his parents giving up everything for family. Kind of a hint of a PTC. Mm-hmm. And... They basically both decide that they're going to give this a shot. And Victoria ITMs, I want to give him a chance, but I'm used to getting breakfast with Johnny and laughing with him. But Alex is every girl's fucking dream. Portion 10, Thunder at the Estates. Brittany pulls Tyler. And Tyler says he's trying to find someone he sees outside of Paradise, thinks she's sweet. And... He says, I want to take you on a date. I would do this every single day. And Brittany says, I like you so much. He says, I like you too. They love, love, and want each other. Brittany says she needs to have this conversation out of respect with uh, her previous partner, Andrew Spencer, though. And Tyler's like, I have a conversation I need to have with Shanae. And I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And they make out. Then Shanae comes into the common area. And ask people, why are they all hiding? And everybody's like, we're not hiding. We're in here. She finds the other players, but Tyler and Brittany are gone. And she ITMs being uh, pissed and annoyed with Brittany and Tyler. So she knows that they're off talking somewhere. She goes to find them. And then we see 
Adam, the Australian, Serene, and Jill are forced into some weird chat about this entire situation. They all think Shanae really likes Tyler. Jill thinks it's going to be messy. And then they hear Shanae yelling at her. Uh, yeah, they hear Shanae yelling at someone. And Serene sprints to eavesdrop. And uh, Jill and Serene are like putting their ears to a door to overhear Shanae talking to, I think, Parisi. And Shanae's yelling that if she can't be with Tyler, she's going to be out. This is great play all around. Putting the ears to the door. Oh, fucking fantastic. <laughs> this is like old school Keystone Cops kind of like funny comedy duo shit. I loved it. Absolutely yeah. love that. I'm like, we don't have any idea whether this is the conversation they were even eavesdropping on. Oh, of course not. I feel like this whole thing is was manufactured. But then we see Jill Serene and Adam discussing the old Shanae and the improvement she's made while in paradise. Serene ITMs that she's better now and has been looking for love. Shanae goes into Parisi's room to complain about it. Parisi reminds her that maybe he's not with Brittany. You don't know where he is. She tells her to calm down. I'll help you look for Tyler. Parisi then goes on the hunt and she finds Brittany and Tyler making out. What a great dynamic duo partnership. I mean, everything they do in this is so good. They are the stars of the show. Bar none. And Jill Chin, I would say. Brittany and Tyler uh, making out here and she sees this happening. She says to the producers that she's not going to tell her. She says it in the, like literally to the producer in her ITM is just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I can't tell her. And then Parisi ITMs that at least she has Logan back at the beach and she hopes she hasn't formed that he hasn't formed a connection. If he has, it's going to be a shit show back on the beach. We see Logan and Kate, of course, making out at the gates of hell and Shanae ITMs that at least Logan will always be beside her and shows her that he wants her and picks her, misses her and all this shit. And we'd see them. He's still fucking making out him and Kate are like cuddling and they reaffirm their connection. Then Shanae's ITMing. I can't wait to see Logan. And then back on the beach, we see them making out again. It's like they do this cut a hundred fucking times in a row. It's like you just get beat in the fucking face with it again and again and again. She thinks they're going to be together. Look, he's with somebody else. She thinks they're going to be together. He's with somebody else. And then Shanae ITM that uh, she knows he's so into her. And then tomorrow night, we get the promo of tears. The women are coming back. It's going to be a very different beach. Moments of truth. Who's going to be fighting for love? We see Jill running. Everybody's crying. It's a nightmare. Logan has changed. Shanae is pissed. Shanae is going to explode. All that and more on B tomorrow night on BIP. And then the tag, we see the guys trying to do an NFL combine style vertical jump in the pool and touch some things that are hanging off wires above the water, I guess. I guess. Episode two, <laughs> we see it appears Aaron Clancy is teaching Andrew Spencer how to swim, which Andrew Spencer had to clarify on Twitter and say he was just teaching him to swim better. Clues, mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing no nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com 
Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off-season. It mm. is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank you. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quince, King Quinces, Okay, they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Uh, <laughs> Ronnie and Eliza are koalowing in the pool, a move I feel like didn't really gain prominence until the Hannah Godwin, Dylan Barber style koaling. And we see the estates. The women really miss the beach. Uh, we get it. Uh, DLP <laughs> comes in. He's in a tan shirt and loafers. And Jill makes fun of his hand clasp. So rude. Did you see his parasocial play in response to this? I think I don't know if it was in response exactly, but he put yes. out a parasocial play of him doing the various poses and hand maneuvers that he can do as a host. Love that. I loved it too. He is a he's a much better parasocial player than was Harrison. Oh yeah, he's out there. 
He's posting. Genevieve says that if Aaron hasn't gone on dates, she might propose, but if he has, she will leave. <laughs> real, real zero or a hundred. And Dark Lord Palmer says it's all in the name of love. Ugh. I mean, this is just a straight lie. I know you guys were forming great connections, but to help you strengthen them, we destroyed them. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. But he basically says, you, you don't know what's happening back out at the beach. The time has come to get back there and find out. And while he can't tell you, he's like, well, I can't tell you what's been going on. I have to warn you. It's a very different beach. Why can't you tell them? That's the absurdity of him trying to pretend like he's not doing this maliciously. Uh, whether it's the truth, truth you want or not, you're going to get clarity. You can go back when you want, he says. You don't need to go together. It's weird that they put this in the document because this... Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he literally says it to him. But this the staggered order of how they come back to the beach, that's all decided by producers. Absolutely decided by the producers. So for him to say this and make it seem like it's their choice... It's sloppy. It's sloppy. The whole season is sloppy. Again, these producers don't really understand what this show is at this point. I think the... um. The structure of the game is so fucking strong that even try as they might to tarnish it like they can't because there's still fantastic play happening. They were literally like, we I only have, have two cars, but we have, have to stagger them. them. That must have been it. <laughs> For budget reasons, they have to travel in pairs, but we are going to stagger them in this specific order. Like, <laughs> At any rate, Serene then ITM's fear at, in quotes, the next twist so she is basically openly saying, I don't know what the fucking producers are going to do anymore. And the producers just keep this shit in there. It's like, we don't want to see players who are scared and anxious about what you're going to do to them next. That is not a fun thing. We want to see them playing in situations you set up and then let them play. You can't script them down to the final word and have them like so afraid of you at every turn. It's just too scripted. It really is. You want the twists to be fun for the players. And sometimes you can put them in situations that are like a little crazy, a little harrowing for one or two of them. Set up your rivalries. All that's fine. But make the situations generally fun or funny. <laughs> and you're going to be doing so much better. I promise you this. <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> I this isn't a Wendy's. This is the fucking pit. I'm in it. Okay. <laughs> This is my favorite meme to do to clues now. This <laughs> <laughs> is always funny. On the beach, Kate tells Eliza that she's tensing up and bracing for impact at the return of the other players. They predict that the other players' wrath will come swiftly and her money is on total chaos. She ITMs that Shanae could come back uh, and go completely nuclear. Rapini then gets some one-on-one -on -one time with Florence. Good to see her in the document, I suppose. <laughs> right. he, he tells her that he has to tell Jill she's not his person. And Florence gets zero lines of dialogue here. It's just her face looking she's at him face. while he's saying this. Jill is then in the back of the car on her way back to paradise. She ITMs through tears that her biggest fear is Rapini exploring other relationships. Parisi then ITMs that she will feel misled and sad and mad if Clancy has formed another connection. But if they survive, it's going to make them so much stronger. So here she's giving some credence to the idea that this crazy split they did, the ripoff of Costa More, uh, may have some benefit for their relationship. Logan then tells Kate that he hopes if he tells the truth, there's nothing else he can do. And Shanae is in the back of the car, ITMing, 
that it is hard for her to trust because people have cheated on her and the rug might be pulled out from under her. She is scared. We see Logan and Kate doing some kissing, the very thing she's most scared of. And the OG women return through the gates of hell. Jill is first on sand, walking with purpose, followed by Parisi and Shanae. And then uh, Kate kisses Logan and says, Godspeed to us. And that is how we end this first portion. So we're on the, the cliffhanger edge here. What the fuck is going to happen when they all show up? Portion number two begins. Florence is mocking the energy of the OG squad. Genevieve and Aaron Clancy reunite. Genevieve says how she's been such a mess. She didn't go on a date. Aaron says, I only thought about you. No date, no kiss. Genevieve is crying this whole time. Constant tear play. Aaron says, we made verbal commitments. I thought this was a great... He handled this conversation really well. And Genevieve tackles him with tear kisses. And we see... Andrew Spencer, ITM, this thing works. <laughs> Praising the, that process. And Shanae goes to the bar and all of ITM's heads are about to roll. This play here by uh, Clancy with Parisi was expert level. Now, the reason it was so good really was because it was pre-planned. He, he made an all-ex yes. decision. He went from kind of a fun-loving, dynamic duo... We'll even say main character in the dynamic duo type player who's just there to add colorful narration and be kind of kooky. He went from that to, oh no, this is exactly what we want to see on Paradise. These players who were like mid-level players in their season of Bachelor or Bachelorette come into Paradise, light it up, show us the true talent they have, and then leave here in a real relationship. This is the exact thing we want out of Paradise. I mean, he's he's stretched it out to two Bachelor in Paradise seasons. Like... It's so good. And he obviously like prepared for that conversation. And that's why he sounds so eloquent. Some of the people did less preparation and you can tell. Uh, but we then see portion three. Genevieve is still crying and we see Shanae pulling Logan. And Sarah is very excited. We hear her say karma is real again. They're replaying her ITM. Uh, and we see Shanae and Logan talk. Shanae says, I missed you. It made me think I do care for you and like you. Love level one's him. She had a date with Tyler, but he doesn't make me feel like you secure and wanted. <laughs> I like where this is going. They cut to his face when she's saying this, and this was almost my face play. He is just like, there's no color in the face. Looks like he's about to puke or die. I mean, <laughs> it is fucking really hard to look at but also very funny it was almost my face play because it was so genuine <laughs> so fucking real i mean this is just why this is why casa amor is amazing the episodes that come after it are so good whether people recouple or not yeah it fucks with the relationships or people break up logan says he went on two dates sarah no connection there I still care for you. There's someone I feel heard and seen by, and I need to pursue really strong feelings for a girl named Kate. He is dumping Shanae, loading Love Level 1 for Kate here, and he says that he was unsure how to handle it. He says, well, I had recovered from James, the James situation, and you joked about not juggling two men, and you know what? The way you talked about that situation hurt me. And Shanae is like, why did you not express that to me? She handles this so well, like a lawyer. Yeah, And he is like, it's not hard to see how it would hurt someone. I don't want to take away from our good moments. And Shanae is like, that clears up everything. He says, can I give you a hug? No. 
And she just doesn't. It's cut there. She's ITMs. Are you fucking kidding me? Kate, she's loud, not nice, rude. Uh, didn't get enough screen time on my season. Came after me. Like, women tell all. A sinister, diabolical bee. When she says that shit about the women tell all, which is, by the way, open gameplay, we actually cut to the footage from the women tell all. They show us that history between these two players that started in a main season. And we see that, you know, whatever it was, one of them was a villain. They were in some kind of a rivalry. Fascinating here and proof positive that what you do on the Women Tell All is your last chance to get on Paradise. And right here they show us Kate Gallivan did enough to get on Paradise. This is exactly what she did to get on Paradise. Shanae is going to be on Paradise. She just started a rivalry with her that will now pay off on sand. They're showing you how to do this play. If you watch this, this is it. They're showing her audition from the from the back row of Women Tell All. Brilliant. She, yeah. Eliza ITMs, when we came in, everyone said Shanae turned over a leaf. I'll believe it when I see it. And we see Kate come over to comfort Logan. And Shanae ITMs, I'm not doing this to win. I'm literally trying to find my person for, for TRR. I hate him. And her edit is is so interesting to me because it's like they're villainizing her in the moment when they need it, but not they're not ultimately villainizing her. It seems like it seems like they're villainizing Kate over her. See, I I don't know. I it's strange to me too. And I'm just gonna I've been hemming and hawing. I was gonna give my error to Olu when he suggested a chicken fight in the pool and no one uh, <laughs> took him up on it. But I'm gonna give it. I think to Shanae. Shanae gets my. Error, 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 error of the game. The way she handled these conversations, I don't know what the producers have in mind for her, and it's hard to even give this an error because like, this might be producer's idea or she might be playing into what they want a little bit to create a false rivalry, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but there is a way to play this that's like, hey, look, I'm not mad. You had to do what you had to do. I get it. You take the high road and maybe they'll keep you around with a producer rose. Maybe they'll send in a guy with a rose just for you, just to piss him off because they want to see what happens to that relationship, the Kate Gallivan-Logan relationship, if Shanae is dating someone else right in front of him. They want that to happen. Yes, and she suggests that and that's why I feel like this was kind of calculated, you know. But it's suggested in a a way that's like, I just want to do it for revenge. If she would have suggested it instead in a way that was for TRR, it's going to be more believable and you might be able to stick around. You might be able to get a ring out of it. I think she's taking a clear villain turn here. And I, I just think that to me is an error. Shanae? Yes. Huh. Because she's reacting and we'll see it. I mean, she then has this conversation. She pulls him again for another conversation and then has one with Kate Gallivan. It's all very hostile. And I think that like it's very hard to come out of situations like that and not have a villain edit. Yeah. I just, I feel like it wasn't full villain for me. Um, I feel like she was showing restraint. <laughs> totally. I do too. But I'm saying like, in a beach like this where there aren't really any clear villains anymore, if you poke your head into the like hostility yeah. area even a little bit, you're getting a villain at it. Oh, I mean, what they do to Jessenia later... Yes, that was insane. ...is unreal. We see this conversation between Kate and Logan. Kate's like, you've done nothing wrong. Logan's like, I am yours now. All eggs, one basket. And the crowd watch them kiss and cheer. <laughs> 
that shit was fucking bananas. And this was the first time that I really felt like, okay, they're making this a little bit like a mixed martial arts match now. I mean, that's a Love Island thing. Yeah. Too. They cheers when people kiss. They cheer gameplay. Well, you saw it later too. I mean, this happened a couple of times where they're really like making the other players be an audience like a sport for what they're watching. Yeah, totally. We then get Logan ITMing that he wants to give Kate a tip of the cap and hold her like the Lion King. I thought that was pretty funny. Shanae then gives some tears and Parisi STCOs for Shanae who explains how she feels uh, that she got fucked over by Logan. She says she's not upset. She's mad, which I thought was a funny line. And then Parisi wipes her tears and Shanae ITMs that the Logan she met before she left is way different than the one that she came back to. Parisi pushes her to tell Logan how she's feeling, then hugs her. I was like, Parisi, I thought you were a dynamic duo. Don't let her do this. Don't don't push her into more villainy. And then Shanae marches off down the beach toward Logan. They love level four here. Oh, Parisi and Shanae? Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. They love level four. And then we see a quick shot of the real bartender. And he was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno. Bystander of the week. Wee, 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 wee. Oh. Not many bystanders in this episode, but love to see who is making those drinks. I didn't even see any bystanders, so the bartender you're mentioning <laughs> was also my. Jorge, 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 Jorge. Moreno, bystander of the week. Yeah, these were bystanderless episodes, uh, uh, you know, by my estimation, I guess. But there were a few people cleaning the beach at one point. Oh, right. I didn't note it because I'm trying to be better. <laughs> yeah, minutia one. I get it. I get it. Uh, anyway, today <laughs> marches off down the beach toward Logan and Kate. The other players are loving all of this. Brandon ITMs that she's going to unload her fury. Let's get ready for Pompeii. More of this angry lady temper as described as a volcano here. Shanae then pulls Logan and we end portion three. Portion four begins day. We go back in time again to see Logan telling Kate. They, they do this a lot in these uh, transitions into the next portions this season. Why are we getting a flashback of what happened in the last portion? We just saw it. I think it's because they have to make 16 episodes and they can't. So they're like literally any any 30 second chunk that we can just cheat, cheat it, do it every time. We go back in time. We see all this shit uh, of, you know, Logan telling Kate that Shanae is not as temperamental as she used to be. We see the same footage. Parisi's ITMing that she feels terrible for Shanae and it's her worst nightmare not coming true. Alio says, Ohio women, they throw hands. I guess. I don't know. He's just trying to get in his colorful narration work. And we see all these other players watching it unfold like a fight again. They're yelling things. They're like clapping, cheering. This is, in my opinion, pro wrestling. It's open gameplay audience work here. And then Rodney gets this short ITM to say, this is about to explode. It's about to be set on fire. We get more of this shit. This is all producer scripted lines. Then Olio does the Ohio women throwing hands. Then Clancy gets in an ITM, which he calls Shanae, Sinead. You don't watch and cheers on your friends? All the time. All the really? time. Uh, no. Uh, they're being forced to do this, but it's also like that's a choice by the producers. 
So, mm-hmm. Okay, let's even say that they're not being forced to do it. Let's just say that they naturally are all like, yeah, get her, do what you got to do, dude. And the producers still choose to put it in the edit. For them, it is a part of how this the narrative of this game is shown to us. It's very strange to me. Again, I think it's like, this is something they do on Love Island. It's like trying to Love Islandify the show. Interesting. People are always like watching other conversations. It's like part of the part of the deal is that you're kind of in this fisheye bowl and like there's only one private place, which is the terrace where people can secretly make out. Interesting. All right. Maybe they have stolen that a little bit, but I mean, I don't know. Bachelor in Paradise has always had the day beds and, and all that. At any rate, uh, we see Clancy then getting an ITM in which he calls Sinead the Sineado. I don't know if that was his or the producers. Then we get some one-on-one time with Logan and Sinead. Sinead says she's pissed. He's not making sense. He's being disrespectful. He maintains the day she left, they were moving in a good direction, but, you know, things happen. Kate ITMs that on their season, Sinead terrorized the other players, she says. She says she was manipulative and a bully, and her new 180 is a charade, a farce. Unless she has done extensive therapy and ayahuasca, there is no chance she has changed to that degree. Even if this is scripted, I like it. (laughs) Fantastic line. Fantastic line. Galavan really can turn a phrase. She takes yeah. a lot of swings. She doesn't always hit the ball, but when she does, it's usually a solid, uh, you know, double, a nice extra base hit. Shanae tells Logan that he had never expressed any of the things that he is saying now. And Logan says, I think I have. You just haven't heard it. This is very like uh, the notebook. <laughs> Aaron Clancy ITMs, you look like a fool. Shanae needs to go back to the drawing board for personality needs a straight jacket. And he already apologized to her and tweeted this, but Shanae ITMs. I disappear for a couple days. Logan is straight gutter trash. And I am left wondering what is the timeline here? Is it a couple days? Is it a week? Is it a paradise week? Which means a day. I don't know either. And we know that the full shooting time of paradise is 21 days. At least it was in BIP six. So that's all mm. this is. So maybe a little longer. Yeah, maybe they extended it. Maybe it's not as long. I don't fucking know. But you're looking at somewhere between two and a half and four weeks for the whole fucking show. No, three and four. Hmm? 21 days is three weeks. Yeah, maybe they shave one off. Maybe there was a season that was like 18 days or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> we see a forest girl chat between Kate, Jess, and Florence. And... Kate says, it doesn't feel good. It's not okay to be faulting me for that. And Kate ITMs, if Logan chose me over her, he was never her guy. And we see Kate and Shanae talk. Shanae says, I don't want to talk to you. Kate says, I don't appreciate you talking shit about me. Shanae says, you talked about me at Women Till All. Kate says, that's an entirely different landscape. Here on the beach, we're making connections. We're not in a WWE match about our season." Which was such an interesting line. This moment when Kate Gallivan compared the women till all to the WWE was my wowee moment of the week. Hmm. Not because she said it, because the producers left this in. <laughs> I can't believe they left this in. Conspiracy town. It's not a conspiracy town. <laughs> you have a player openly comparing what you're doing to the WWE, yet the show itself can never be that. The show has to be for TRR at all times. That's the whole conceit of it. And you've got a player basically saying it's not. That it's all a fucking act. A charade, as some other things have been called 
in this very episode. I just found it fascinating. I can't thank Kate Gallivan enough for saying what we've been saying at this point for a long time. It is the WWE. That's the whole thing. So is Paradise, by the way, though. That I found to be very funny. I've never seen the WWE. To be clear, this is Clues. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, fantastic play here. I like watching emotional fighting. (laughs) Okay. That's basically what WWE is. There's no real fighting in it. Kate ITMs, there's a twisted satisfaction in me triumphing over Shanae, a little sadistic part of me that relishes it just a tiny bit. See, here I would say that she is not triumphing with the fourth audience. So obviously she's not triumphing with the third audience. For me, it seems like she's getting a villain edit, just including this ITM. I agree. And we see this second conversation between Kate and Logan. Oh, we have the best colorful narrator on sand, Eric Clancy. I have no qualms taking Sinead, putting her on a rocket ship, maybe go there, find a man or an alien will abduct her and take her to their planet that better suits her personality. It was so weird. Just the one of the, one of the weirdest things you could possibly fucking think of to say about anyone. And it is so beautifully done. So hilariously done. I rewound it a couple of times. I was like, this is fucking genius. Everything he does is genius. God damn it. Everything he does is genius. But then Logan tells Kate that he's done being a human punching bag. Rapini sees all this and he's freaking out about the upcoming conversation he knows he needs to have with Jill and Rapini gets advice from Olio then he tells him you have to uh, present the truth you pursued Kate it didn't work out and the decision is now on Jill Chin so he's making it seem like maybe there would be some reconciliation uh, between them Rapini knows it's going to suck and not going to be a pretty sight we then cut to a seagull strutting his stuff in the ocean waves He's not actually strutting his stuff. He's standing pretty still, but he is devouring the corpse of a dead fish that is mainly skeleton. And this rotting fish corpse was my... (laughs) Creature of the week. This to me is the producer's <laughs> vision of the show. It was a metaphor for how they see it. A rotting fish corpse. Give it some respect. Oh my God. That's all I'm saying. Give it some respect. But I love the rotting fish corpse. <laughs> this seagull that eats the rotting fish corpse to represent someone getting emotionally eaten in the show and their soul being consumed was my... <laughs> Creature of the week. It's interesting you chose the the fish corpse. The fish gave a sacrifice. I'm always going to choose the sacrifice. I appreciate the sacrifice to our beloved game. I'll never forget you, fish. Then we get a casting card. Love triangles aren't just for geometry class. Go to abc.com today. Portion five begins day. The other players wonder, where is Rapini? I always start my portion notes for some reason if it's day or night. Like a screenplay. <laughs> the other players wonder where Rapini is. Uh, he's doing his yoga. He's breathing to calm his nerves. He ITMs that he's been thinking about what to say to Jill and he hopes she found somebody else. It'll make it easier for him. If not, he's fearful because he hasn't had to break up with somebody in a long time. She enters saying sprints to him. Big hug. And she ITMs that she was miserable and sad with her crystals. If he's been loyal, then she knows they're on the same page and they can build that connection. We get this one on one time. We see a 
flashback of her cuddling the crystal as well. So. <laughs> yeah, she gets a little bit of fool out of here. And we see some one-on-one time with Rapini and Jill. He opens with asking, who were the other guys that showed up? He's immediately trying to be like, fish it out of her. Come on, please yeah. tell me you got a connection with somebody else. She's like, fuck all the other guys. No connections. He also says, oh, five. Okay, even matchup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was a funny line. <laughs> and then... uh she says no connections. It was hard to talk to him. She stayed in bed the entire time. He's not looking good. She asked, what about you? He does some of his deep breathing and he says he did make a connection with Kate. She laughs in his face and then he says he kissed her but and there was something there he thought but then he pursued it and the connection was, uh, it fizzled but it was stronger than the one he had with Jill initially. But seeing that, he felt something stronger with Kate that was enough for him to signal and to know that he doesn't have the thing he's looking for with Jill Chin. He tells her that she has a unique personality he loves and enjoys but it's not right and she says it sucks that he spent days that she spent days in the hotel sleeping them away instead of talking to other people because she wanted comfort and safety she produces tear play here and she has clarity now and uh rapini sees that he's kind of pained by all of this the other players watch on no cheering this time and then rapini is telling jill he didn't lead her on he's making that very clear he did have a true connection with her she tells him she's going to go he says he honors that and completely understands it. Thank you very much. This is all very like on the up and up. And they stand up from the daybed of broken dreams. She walks off. Sad piano score. Rapini then ITMs that learning she didn't go out of a room at all was the worst feeling in his life. And she wants to leave. That makes him feel even worse. And then we see Jill sprinting up the stairs. She comes to the other players, tells them she's going to leave. Rodney hugs her. Maltby hugs her. She's sobbing. Bunch of tear play here. Uh, hugs all the other players. Parisi ITMs that DLP was not lying about it being a different beach. Jill gets in the car. Exit speech with tears. If she had known, maybe she would have explored something different. Uh, she felt safe with Rapini. And what hurts the most is that she pictured them running back together and she wanted to hooju. She wanted to hooju, yeah. And then she starts talking all this fucking hilarious shit. This is her exit <laughs> speech. A Lyft driver broke my heart. He sold his couch for cash and I cried over him. This is a straight call out <laughs> against Rapini here. Fantastic parting shot work, leaving with oh this comedy, God. crying through her tears, cementing herself as the, in my opinion, again, the heir apparent to the Iaconetti tear play throne. This line was so good. I loved it. She really, I think, elevated her game to a, like an all-star level this season. You know? She, she hasn't made much, many waves in our beloved game since coming into it. But with this season, for me anyway, she's up there with some of the greats of paradise. Certainly in terms of a comedy player. Just absolutely fantastic. And I cannot thank Jill Chin enough for the service she put into our beloved game. And she only has around 30,000 followers as of this recording. We should all be following her. If you don't, you're missing some great parasocial play. I highly encourage everyone to go follow Jill Chin. You already convinced me I did it. She elevated the season. I think without her, the season is like even harder to watch. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> Portion six, <laughs> Rodney tells Eliza and Sarah about the new guys. <laughs> we see, we cut back to the estates. It's just the three guys. They're, they do push-ups. The Australian James does mayonnaise play. <laughs> and uh, Alex says he wants some action. He also does mustard play, don't forget. <laughs> mayonnaise and mustard play. Excuse con me. <laughs> general condiment play. Condiment play. 
<laughs> We've seen condiment play you know, before. Uh, uh, the hot dogs. You're going to do it. I knew it. <laughs> Jillian season. <laughs> no, Jillian's limo exit. Yeah, it was season 13. Mesny. Remember the old Jillian Harris, Jason Mesny, general condiment play on night one? Condiment play. Yep. Uh, everyone remembers that. And <laughs> Alex asked them about their connections and after saying he wants to explore Victoria and Tyler says, Oh, Brittany, but she has to deal with this other connection. We don't even get an answer for James because there's no connection or they're just not highlighting it. They're cutting it. Yeah. And we see Brittany come back to the beach in this very dramatic Gothic beach outfit, which I liked. And she pulls Andrew Spencer and basically is like, uh, what happened with you? I don't know. I don't know. The end is engagement. And Andrew says, my date with Jacetia went well. And Brittany's like, Tyler told me he was waiting to meet me. It was validation and clarity. I need to pursue Tyler. He says, I totally understand. There's no ill will. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is gonna feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe, unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. 
She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. And meanwhile, Victoria Fuller is producing tears. ITMing. I'm bringing back this element of I want to pursue this in front of your face. Re the Johnny reunion. So we are looking forward to that as the next storyline. We see Victoria Fuller and Serene Russell rejoin Sand. She and Brandon do this jump hug. Do you want to weigh in on this? Yeah, they run to each other. It's a blown Huju opportunity. They don't Huju here. You know they're shooting this. They're getting both of you to sprint to each other. The producers have told you to do this. The camera is set up. You know it's all happening. I thought yeah. it was wasted. And I know they're both four TRR players. He's puppy dogging. I get it all. Give us a Huju. Just give us the Huju. I understand. They're in swimsuits with sarongs. Maybe you don't want to be black boxed during your reunion moment. I understand the the uh, hesitance, but uh, we see Sarid and Brandon. Oh my God, he does his kind of similar speech that he had given to the guys. I don't want to eat mango ice cream without you. And then he says, "I realized I love you, and that's not gonna stop." This immediate declaration of a love level four upon Serene Russell's return to San was my play, 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 play of the game. This is the first love level four that we've had this season. It comes from Puppy dog player extraordinaire, Brandon Jones. We've never seen anything <laughs> like this man. And uh, of course, he's going to be the first guy to hit love level four. And of course, he's going to do it as soon as she shows back up. Not even fucking talking about anything else. I, he's already got his speech fucking written out. I don't want to eat mango ice cream or take naps without you anymore. I love you. She says it right back. This is now the couple to watch. They will be the main story. Even Olio and Maltby must take a second seat to this because they are so far ahead now. I think I might just I might just have a too high a bar for him because I'm like, this would have been my play of the game, but I was kind of I was expecting it and I was like, he could have saved it for the night portion. Have this just been the reunion? Because you know they're gonna want to film that. It'll be a, an emotional moment and save it for the nighttime portion. But I also understand not, I also understand doing it right away because they had Kaza Amor and they're like, what's next? I don't know. I got to play everything. Yeah. Plus he's a puppy dog player. He can't wait. 
As soon as he sees her, his tail's wagging, his tongue's out, he's ready. <laughs> You know? Oh my God. That's a good counter argument. <laughs> at any rate, she ITMs being in love with him and she can see an engagement at the end of this. He promises he'll never leave her. Then Johnny ITMs that he's all in for Victoria Fuller and he doesn't want to lose what they had. He has a lot to talk to her about and he hopes it works out, but he always has that 1% feeling that she found somebody else and that's going to upset him. We then get this big chunk of time that is Johnny uh, and Victoria Fuller. She tells him how crazy everything has been. She tries to calm his nerves. We get a little kiss, so we know there's still something there. She explains that they brought in the dudes. They, she says, brought in the dudes. They, she says, brought in the dudes. They. We're on pronoun watch over here now. <laughs> it's the producers. She's saying it openly. The producers put five guys in. She says it's so hard because she likes him so much, likes him a lot. This is a love level one. She wasn't talking to anybody at first. And the last day she got a date card, she took Alex on this date. He asked if they made a connection. She says, it's more than that. He checked a lot of boxes. And this is going to be a key part of this uh, conversation that we see coming up. It's going to be a lot about on paper checklists. I don't want to be a checklist, et cetera, et cetera. She gets frustrated at one point and says she has concerns about his age and his readiness to start a family. And uh, he says he's not matched. It's a weird situation. He's actually handling it pretty well. He felt like she might've gone out with somebody else Everyone reassured him that she was so happy with him and that wasn't going to be the case. Then she tells him that she knows it sucks to hear this, but she needs to explore things with Alex. And Johnny hits this checklist thing again. She's like, I'm sorry, I can't explain it. And then she says she thinks that this is what she needs. She told him not to talk to anyone else, she says. Then she did the exact same thing. And Johnny ITM is not wanting to be anyone's second choice. He likes her. But if she's not all in, in him, on him, then there is no future for them. And that's where we leave that portion. You know what? I? It's another reason why I feel like they should not try to make the players miserable is like they're all exiting. Like, I'll quit the show if this doesn't work out. There's no they don't see staying on paradise as like, oh, I could potentially meet someone great and it could be a good time. They're like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. If this doesn't work, I'm out. They grind these fucking players down to nothing and then they expect them to be happy about anything. It, you just can't do it like this. You need to make it a fun thing, especially because the conditions are bad. It would be better if he was like, I'm going to stay, have him date someone in front of Victoria then after they break up. Like that's a better scenario you know more and more those um the videos at the front the intros the little intro packages of them with their names and like footballs banging off their heads and shit mm -hmm. those things are becoming harder for me to watch they're more like hostage videos every fucking time i watch the show it's like i just saw this person you know fucking breaking down sobbing in tears now i'm watching her like do a funny dance in a cowboy hat under a shower it's like i can't do that those it's t terrible i mean it's terrible to show us those things <laughs> they just like <laughs> now people are throwing toilet paper at me <laughs> yeah no look she's smiling she she's having fun we promise anyway portion eight begins daytime logan and johnny are forced into a guy chat johnny recounts the conversation he just had with victoria fuller and johnny tells him how shitty this whole uh list thing is logan agrees victoria comes to interrupt and pulls johnny again and we get another full giant conversation of uh victoria fuller and johnny going around and around basically about the issue of having kids very soon starting a family very soon the checklist comes up again um 
he says for him, ultimately the next step of this is falling in love. And for her, it's like, I need to get engaged. I want to like start families and stuff. And she says, what do you see yourself doing for work? What are your career goals? He says, well, that, if that's a driving factor, you want someone established, like go do your thing. I'm not going to try to live up to what you want. I'm passionate and I'm motivated. That shit was rough because it's like, she knows what all of their career goals are. Right. To, to be an influencer. She is yeah. one from this show. We all have the same career. Yeah. It's just such a... Um, I don't know what Alex is, but later he's described as rich or something, right? Tall, dark, handsome, and rich. Somebody describes him. I don't know what his job is. I don't know if that plays a factor. I mean, I, I guess they talk about these things. We don't get to see that in the document, obviously. But I thought that was an interesting place to go. I get what she's getting at. She wants somebody who's like more established that can give her the husband and kids type life immediately, or at least that's what she's talking about in this. This says information systems supervisor from Gross Point, Michigan. No idea what that means. But <laughs> maybe I guess it, it makes him some good money. He's 35, so he made it past Jesus. Oh, nice. Post-Jesus death age. And he's got a job. And what was it? Information <laughs> data systems. That's her cutoff. Yeah. <laughs> if you're younger than Jesus. That's why she was talking about the praying to the old Jesus. And then he basically says at the end of this, the ball's in your court. I'm all in on you. And uh, if you need to do what you need to do, do it. But it's your decision. And we get this whole thing intercut with smiling Alex coming to the beach with Ozzy, Adam, and Tyler. This conversation was basically the entire segment. I don't know how long this was, but it seemed like it was at least seven minutes or something. Gigantic screen time here for Victoria Fuller and Johnny. And then we get casting uh, who's waiting for you on the beach in paradise. But yeah, well done to them to drag out what is essentially a non-conversation into almost two full portions of an episode. I don't know what their total screen time was, but I have to imagine they had the most of this episode. I couldn't even remember what the first episode was about once we saw that storyline and I was hooked. <laughs> and that is why I loved it so much. Yeah. We'll get to it. But I, I I, feel like she was solidifying herself as the Becca Kufrin of the season by bringing Alex back. Interesting. We see kisses between the couples. We see the beginning of the cocktail party. Andrew Spencer says it's pants time. Love this. Mm -hmm. Just doing a little, oh, it's pants time. We're all wearing pants. Shade does the side smirk a la Michaela, the, the gymnast. Mm -hmm. Very good face play. And Logan asks Kate if she's ready for some fun. They make out. We see Genevieve and Aaron make out. It feels like the fam is back together, says Johnny. What can go wrong? Brandon asks Serene, where do you want to go to avoid the drama in the corner? <laughs> Florence says, I love surprises. And then we get the three stand entrance of Alex, James, and Tyler. And this scene was so, it just was so tense, riddled with drama. I loved it. Absolutely. We hear cries coming from the other players. The guys are here. The guys are here. I mean, they really milk this shit for all it's worth. Johnny is forced to watch as Alex comes in and hugs Victoria Fuller right in front of him. He ITMs that you have to swallow your pride in this situation. You have to watch. You have to be sick, but you have to be the toughest person you can be. 
he says. This shit is hardcore. Rough. This does not sound like a show that's helping you find love, in my opinion. Tyler ITMs that he's nervous about the great talk actually following, uh, actually, that he had uh, with Brittany. By the way, he's he is shirtless in this ITM. This is a positive from the season. I think there should be more shirtless ITMs. Oh, very well. Well, in this shirtless ITM, he basically says that he had such a good talk with Brittany. Uh, he's nervous because he knows that she had to have a conversation with Andrew. He wants to make sure everything like went well and everything's been cleared up. And then we see the one-on-one time with Brittany and Tyler. She basically says, yes, I had the conversation with Andrew. Everything's cool. We bet we were on the same page. Tyler loves hearing this. They snuggle up. We get a kiss. And then Brittany ITMs that he's so good and pure. He's giving her exactly what she needs. She says she's getting glowed even by her friends. Everybody's telling her, oh my God, you look so happy. Paradise is finally working for her and she wants to get close to him and hopefully leave Paradise with him. Self-glow. <laughs> yep. She, everybody gives her a glow and then she glows herself. 100% glow rate. And then Jacinia pulls Tyler. And we get this one on one time with Jacinia and Tyler. She calls him Alex accidentally. And Brittany is like, I don't get why she would do that. Brittany ITM, she knows Jacinia knows that she's into Tyler and it felt malicious. And Clancy ITMs that you can cut the, cut the tension between the groups of women like a knife. Rapini ITMs that the OG girls and the new girls are having beef. What? What is any of this? Jacinia already has spoken against this in her Twitter. Yes. It's so bizarre. And explained that it she had already told Brittany why she was going to pull him. Right. So, And that's another example of Sauce Wars, which we talk about yes. at length on this show all the time. This edit is not even fucking like dry with the paint on it. And Jacinia is already like, nope, that's not what happened. These players are immediately contradicting the edit now. Fucking immediately, like in real time. They don't have anything, so they're like, let's give a villain edit to this steel to make it look like Justenio's encroaching. It's unreal. But like, I think at this point, the audience looks at that and is like, this isn't right. Like, what? How, how can it be a villain edit? We can see through it now. I mean, how many people are looking at those tweets, though? I think the majority of the people are seeing that as a villain edit. I'm not even saying you need the tweets anymore. I, yeah, I agree with you. The majority of people believe the edit, but I think there's a growing number of the fourth audience, a growing percentage of it that sees what happened tonight with or without Jacinia contradicting the edit in her tweets and is like, what? That's not fucking real. I think a lot of people can see through this now because it's done so fucking shittily, in my opinion. Time will tell. Jacob does this ITM at the end of this portion. Well, first of all, Brittany says, I'm going to go jump off a bridge real quick. And Jacob ITMs, it's going to be a pretty wild ride to watch. <laughs> this was, I loved this line. It made me laugh so hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that in this episode too. Like the other players being like, I can't wait to see the fireworks with other players. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're maybe they're so ground down by the entire process that they're just like, oh my God, finally, somebody else is going to have shit happen to them and I can watch. It's like a relief. Uh, portion 10 then begins. Alex and Johnny have an awkward meeting. Victoria Fuller exits the location. Parisi and Clancy talk about the Victoria Fuller love triangle. Clancy says it's fucked up. If she cares about him, she should figure it out fast. Clancy then gets an ITM calling Alex stupid, and it's Victoria Fuller's choice to make, he says. And Clancy has some open gameplay speech here, telling Parisi that this is really on Alex. If he disrespects Johnny... That's when shit's going to hit the fan. This is fucking brilliant. It's obviously open gameplay speech, but he's been in love triangles. He has navigated them perfectly, especially with the person he's sitting with now, Parisi. Mm -hmm. When he came into this very season, he had to fucking get through one to get her. To And he played it 
beautifully. He didn't get pissed at the other guy. He was like, hey, whatever. It makes me sad a little bit, but you got to do what you got to do. Fucking works like a charm. And he's seeing it here happen again. And he says, this is on Alex. He's the guy trying to interlope. If he gets pissed, it's fucking over. And he did the exact same thing. He was the interloper. And he's like, I didn't get pissed. And it fucking worked. I just love watching him, seeing his fucking brain pick apart the game. And he's giving advice to whoever. Oh, so fucking brilliant. Victoria asked Johnny how he's doing. He says he's chilling. And he orders a tequila soda. And then Alex performs a steal. Johnny ITMs, that was a hard thing to see. This guy here, he's telling her everything she wants to hear. It's a guy's game. Kind of a 4TWR accusation against Alex. And we see this conversation between Alex and Victoria. He says their date was amazing. She says a lot of what we talked about was the opposite of her and Johnny. He didn't want to be engaged. You're trying to find someone and settle down. And we see... Tyler's performing an STCO for Johnny. Johnny's like, she's really pushing the wife and kids thing right now. (laughs) (laughs) That was like the whole show, dude. The whole show is pushing the wife and kids thing every day all day. He keeps being like, what show did I end up on? Like, I know. How did Johnny... I don't get how he got on this fucking show. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They told him it was a different different franchise. But uh, Alex said, I wanted to kiss you, but I didn't want you to... But I, and I didn't want you to think that I didn't want to. And she appreciates it, says he's great. And she ITMs, he's the perfect guy, someone I could see myself marrying. On paper, on paper. And you know what that means. He ain't going to be the guy. Anytime you got on paper, checklist, hit my boxes, that ain't it. Because you're always going to come back to, he does, he is perfect on paper, but there's something missing. And you make me feel a way that he can't make me feel. It's, Feelings will always trump on paper. You're only going to say on paper if it means you're going to dump them later. Uh, Victoria tells him that she's confused and she produces tears. She is so good. Yeah. It is just like her episode. Her tear play is automatic too. Like she can literally, I believe, cry out like a precise fucking amount of milliliters if she wants to. At will, at any given time. What? I think she can do tier by tier. I think she can do... Oh, she can make shapes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like God. smoke rings. Yeah, she probably can. I believe that that's, that's possible. She's one of the greatest oh tier God. players in terms of control of the instrument of anybody we've ever seen. <laughs> Aya Kennedy has no control over it. That is just straight fucking, I'm tearsing at all times. I believe Jill Chin is a pretty good control tier player as well. I would say I'm more of an Iconetti tier player. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe closer to Iconetti than Fuller, nonetheless. Victoria ITM, she doesn't want to explore an option in front of his face. I'm going to hurt someone. They play this harrowing music, which I noticed. Mm. And meanwhile, Johnny is saying, I said to her, I think you'd be the perfect person to marry. And Alio breaks it all down. He says, This switch put their relationship to the test. He's tall, dark, handsome, wealthy, put together guy that can maybe provide all the things Victoria is looking for in a partner. And if it doesn't work with him, her and Johnny, I can see Johnny leaving. And we're watching it kind of like a car crash. It's gruesome, but you just can't look away. So are we. Alio is representing the nation. (laughs) Um, They cheers and hug. 
And Alex says, I'm going to hug you here because I can't show you affection. And this complaint about not being able to be publicly affectionate the night that he comes back to the beach was my error, 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 error of the game. It's like a subtle thing, but I feel like it was just pushing a little bit too, too hard on that. Yeah, I agree. I don't think, I don't think he's the guy, but he's doing his job. He's playing his part. And then we get next week. Alex doesn't play to lose, he says. So we're going to get some open gameplay from him. That may be a 4TWR accusation coming. We see the rose ceremony. Victoria Fuller's confused. Then Parisi and Clancy have a real connection. Rapini and Shanae, Eliza and Rodney, Kate and Logan. Glaze comes back. Producers sent him in to fuck up everything, of course. Hayden Markowitz shows up. He takes Kate on a date. I don't know why she's going on that date. The young twins show up, take Shanae on a date. That shit is just like, all right, we that is pro wrestling. Everybody's kissing everyone. Parisi is gas. Gaslighting Clancy. We don't know what that's about. Clancy is reduced to tears. Parisi leaves. And then in a tag, we see Logan and Kate discussing her choice to be barefoot all the time, contributing to her mobility. And she displays uh, some dexterity with one of her toes, the big one to be exact. And that wraps up the these two one. episodes. So uh, who's your MVP? She came to play. She is the conqueror. Victoria Fuller was my... M M M M V I almost gave her the play of the game for bringing Alex back to the beach. I do think what you're saying is probably right, and the way they're kind of villainizing Alex a little bit makes me think she will choose Johnny. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like this was her coup friend moment. She was mm-hmm. like, this is my beach. I am the bachelorette. Let's test Johnny a little bit. Interesting. You know, I don't hmm. know. That's just a theory. I can see what you're saying. And and she's an adept player, no doubt. If anybody can do this, she can do this. But I will say, in my opinion, I think she's starting to tread some dangerous water of looking like she's stringing one or both of them along. If you ever cross that threshold, like getting out of one of these relationships is going to be very hard without having a little villain on you, you know, at this point. I don't even, it's like a surgical procedure to be able to dump one of these guys and not seem like you were just playing them both for as long as you could. I think that she is the conqueror. I think she is okay. going to do it. I just, this episode, I, I loved watching her play this episode. Right. It was fascinating. Yeah, look, I agree with you. I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained by her. But this week... Who was your MVP? Jill Chin was my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. I just think that Victoria Fuller, I mean, if we're comparing these two things, Victoria Fuller already had a giant following from her actual season on 24. And yes, she's in paradise and she's making the most of it and getting a little more of the numbers or whatever. Jill Chin... I don't know where her following is going to end up, but she elevated herself from relative obscurity in her season to what I believe is like paradise all-star level play. And she did that over the course of these two episodes primarily. This whole season has been great by her, but these these last two episodes were fantastic. Even in the house where 
you know, none of the, what do they call them? The OG women or whatever. When none of them wanted to go on dates, she's in there dicking around with crystals, reading fucking hilarious lines out of a goddamn journal, doing face play left and right. There was just, there was not a moment she wasted on camera. I'm sad to see her go, but I think she went out of this game having taken everything she could from it and given everything she could to it. And I can't thank a player in a, in a better way than give an MVP award, unfortunately. I wish I could. And one follow. I gave you one follow on Instagram. That's all I can do. My one vote. One follow. <laughs> I loved, loved her estates play. Me too. She, she, made, she made a play, a one-woman play, cuddling those crystals in yeah. bed, doing all of the all of the colorful narration and truly the face play too. It's out of, out of control. I'm sad to see her leave as well, but the promo for our our next game looks exciting. (laughs) I agree as do they all at this point, but we are entering the (laughs) the final phases. What do we have? Like three or four more weeks, I think left of uh, paradise. Time will tell. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I, but also so will the schedule. We just don't know it off the top of our heads. But we will be recapping, of course, all of these. And uh, we'll be back at the end of the next week, at the end of this week, sorry, with um, another This Week in Bachelor Nation, which proves to be, again, a crazy one. We already have players contradicting the fucking edit on the night of it. God damn it, I love it. And Let's go. Uh, big news for Madison Pruitt is coming right up. She's about to be married, I believe, this coming weekend. So this will be our last twibbon in a pre-Pruitt-Trout universe. Wow. I know. Everything will change. Hashtag Trizzy Trout. But uh, before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,520 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 